One title for today's homily could be, Jesus, You Have to Be Kidding. And I'm going to begin with a general assumption, which usually is not wise, but I believe this one would be true. I'm going to assume that every one of you are just like me, and that is, you really like comfort and pleasure. Wouldn't it be nice if every day we were comfortable, if always we were free to pursue pleasure and find it, and it would be true pleasure? We live in a culture that tries to offer that. It emphasizes, it advertises pleasure, convenience, comfort. If you really pay attention to the advertisements, you will hear a seductive invitation to pursue what is bigger, better, nicer, sexier. We're all told to go after whatever makes us look good, whatever makes us happy. We're encouraged to try to be the envy of others. There's a constant message that security comes from owning and controlling. Jesus says the opposite as he begins the Sermon on the Mount in these verses that are commonly called the Beatitudes. He says that God's blessing rests on things that are polar opposites of what the world spirit tells us to seek. Jesus uses words like poor, mourn, meek, insult, persecute as a context for a right relationship with God. And then St. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he uses commending words such as foolish, weak, lowly, despised in the eyes of the world. You know, from the world's point of view, we're just full of somebodies and nobodies. That's not the way God intended it to be. Every human being, every man, woman, child, unborn child, bears the image and likeness of God. No one has more or less dignity just because other people have heard of them, look up to them or think that they're somebody special. And yet, there's something in us that wants to believe, falsely, that it's always better to be somebody in a way that we're a little bit ahead of somebody else. A right understanding of what God has said and done through His Son calls us to dare to believe that we do not need to live under the burden of these things that consume our world, frantically seeking the so-called good or living in horrible anxiety of the next bad thing. Christian faith turns the world's common values upside down. And as Christians, we're invited to believe that there is another world far more important than this one because it's going to last forever. And then to let that belief, that faith, affect the way that we think, speak, and act. For the next several Sundays, the epistle and the gospel readings are going to be taken mostly from this section of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. 
and from Matthew's presentation of the Sermon on the Mount. Again and again, St. Paul is going to contrast so-called human wisdom with God's wisdom. And the whole concept of wise and foolish is going to be turned inside out. Paul insists that our glory as Christians is the cross of Jesus Christ. I think many, if not most, Christians today have been inoculated to the true idea of the cross. A cross is often a gold ornament on a nice chain that we wear around our neck. We even make a crucifix a beautiful work of art, and there's justification for that in the right context. And yet in those early years of the church, the cross was always a scandal. It was nothing but an instrument of the most cruel and shameful death that was meted out. Imagine if we used a hangman's noose as an ornament around our necks. Or having an oil painting of an electric chair hanging in your living room wall. That's a bit of context for what people heard and felt when Paul said that he gloried in Jesus Christ and him crucified. So we hear Jesus saying things like he does in the Beatitudes. And we know that he is giving us divine truth. But if we truly hear what Jesus is saying, it's hard to believe he's serious. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil falsely against you for my sake. Rejoice and be glad. Jesus, you've got to be kidding. You're using hyperbole, right? You're all about love and mercy. You want us to be happy, don't you? What is this about insult and persecution and being lied about when we don't deserve it? But then finish that verse. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. As we hear these readings over the next weeks, try to remember this foundational truth. Because it's the only way that Christian faith makes sense. Jesus came to bring, to teach and to show, a whole new world, the kingdom of God. And right now we can only see it by faith, but we believe that Jesus and his kingdom is the lasting reality. What the world calls the good life. The veneer of nice things and beautiful people is all going to dissolve. Jesus is inviting us to be free of the rat race, to not live in constant fear of threats. Now, it's not that bad things do not matter, that we shouldn't be concerned about them. And it's not that we should not desire good things, It's just that good things can be bad if they keep us distracted from what is most important. And no bad thing on earth is the worst thing that could happen. Jesus warned us to be more afraid of what can kill the soul than what can kill the body. 
So we're going to leave here today, and we're going to go back out into a world that has all kinds of delightful distractions. Let's just not let them be too important in our lives. We're going to leave here today and perhaps have to face something awful this week. I pray not. But eventually, we will face something awful. Let's dare to believe that God's love in Jesus Christ is bigger than pain and death, even bigger than evil and hell. And so, listen again to part of these readings today. Paul says, you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom of God, our righteousness, our sanctification, and redemption. Through Jesus, God forgives us. He heals our souls. He delivers us from our false detachments. And so here again, Jesus' words, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. This is our faith.